to the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 6 this morning. Proverbs chapter 6. We're going to be looking at many verses, several verses anyway. Uh, this morning we're going to kind of jump off the diving board, so to speak, and in Proverbs chapter 6. All right, let's all stand together if you would, and if your neighbor does not have a Bible, please look on, allow them to look on with you. Proverbs chapter 6, look with me if you would down in verse, down in verse 26. Proverbs 6, 26. It says, For by means of a horse woman a man is brought to a piece of bread, and the adulteress will hunt for the precious life. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, we pray that you might prepare our hearts for the Word of God as, as, it's, as it's preached. Uh, Father, may the Spirit of God have freedom in this place, and may the Word of God have free course here today. Uh, Lord, we're, we're so thankful for how good you've been to us, and we're so thankful for a book that you've given to us that uh, tells us what's important in life. We pray, God, that, uh, that you might guide and direct in this service, speak to our hearts. And Lord, as you do so, may we respond to you and say yes, for it's in Jesus' name that we pray. All God's people said, amen. amen. You may be seated. It says, it says uh, for by means of a whorish woman, a man is brought to a piece of bread, and the adulteress will hunt for the precious life. What I want to spend some time on is looking this morning at Things that are precious. Things that are precious. If, if uh, something is precious to someone, it's special. It's something that is of great value to them. Uh, when, it, when, it, uh, when it's precious, it means something to you personally. Uh, there are things that may be precious to you that would not be precious to someone else. Uh, for instance, when... Uh, when my mom passed away, I was eight years old at the time. She was, she was up in the hospital in Rochester. And uh, she, I think she either went down herself or had someone take her down to the gift shop and bought me a, and I, like I said, I was eight years old, uh, bought me a stuffed dog. It's about this big. It's a tan, got a brown tail, got brown ears. Uh, you say, where is it today? I have no idea. It is somewhere in, in it's either in the basement abyss or it's in, <laughs> it's in the attic with the relics. I'm not sure. I think it's up in the attic. But, uh, but I have kept that thing for all these years. I think, and I'm not positive, but I think the nose still squeaks on the end of it. Uh, that was the last gift my mom ever gave to me. Now, to you, you, you would look at it, or one of your kids might look at it and say, man, that's just a ratty old piece of junk. No, it's not a ratty old piece of junk. It's, uh, it's something that reminds me of my mom and uh, is very, very precious to me. Well, there, there ought to be some things, particularly for us as Christians, that is precious to all of us where all, all of us could agree that these things are precious. Now, we're not going to look at all the precious things that are in Scripture. There are, there are a bunch of them. But there are some things particularly that God says that ought to be precious to us. 
And the first thing that I want us to look at is what he calls precious in, in uh, Proverbs chapter 6 and verse 26. He says, your life is precious. And I don't care who you are, I don't care what your state is in life, your life is a precious life. You only have one, of the, one life, and, and we ought not to waste it. Uh, years ago, when we were in Green Bay, uh, we had uh, Dr. Peter Ruckman up to uh, preach at our church. And I remember one night, I don't remember which night it was, usually when we had him, he would come on a Friday, and he, he would uh, come uh, sometime on Friday, and then he would preach Friday night, Saturday night, and then all day Sunday. And, uh, but I, whenever he would preach at our church, he would preach on a four-foot by six-foot uh, uh, easel. And uh, he, would, he would draw as he preached on that easel with colored chalk. In fact, the last thing you wanted to do after he was done was shake his hand because he was a mess. But, uh, but he, would, he would draw on there, and the, the picture would match the message. One, I remember several of the messages, but one that just kind of sticks out more than any other message I've ever heard him preach was a message called The Wasted Life. And what he did was he drew, the, drew a picture right in the, uh, actually off to the, off to the side. I think he had, he had the, the person's uh, face on the left at the bottom, and he had the, the face of the Lord on the right at the top. And uh, he took that face of that, of that person, and he started out as a baby. And then he added to it, and aged the face. It was fascinating. It was, it was fascinating to watch, let alone to, to listen to. But his, but his whole point was this, was that the Lord's voice was real strong to this person when they were young. And as the person said no to God, that, that uh, uh, voice got darker and darker. And by the time he got done with the end of the message, the, the individual is, is very old, and the uh, picture of the Lord is just blocked right out. He can't even hear him anymore. Uh, the, the, whole, the whole purpose of the message was to emphasize the fact that our life is precious, and don't, don't throw your life away. And yet we do. Uh, we, we, we oftentimes uh, emphasize the temporary rather than emphasizing the eternal in our lives. I was listening to a message here just this last week by John Marshall. Uh, he's the pastor now of Hope Baptist Church in Toledo. And he made, he made a comment. It was a good observation. Uh, and, and I was able to put some things together because of it. He said, he said in the message, he said, that uh, we have a tendency in America today, and as Christians we have this tendency, to concentrate on the now, to concentrate on what is happening right now. And let me tell you, these things haven't helped that at all. Not a bit, okay? And, I, you know, I've got one, obviously. I just pulled it out of my pocket. Uh, but uh, uh, we, we, we have a tendency to concentrate on what is, what is now, what is temporary, instead of what is eternal. And what I, have, what I have seen that turn into 
is that people, because of that focus, people make things that ought to be doctrinal, that ought to be truths, that ought to be followed no matter what. Those things are negotiable. And now the things that are my preferences that should be negotiable are not. And the, the, the whole problem is this. We're putting our emphasis in the wrong place. We need to have our emphasis in eternal things. Uh, God, has a, God has a desire for every, every single person that's in here this morning. He has a desire to bless your life. He has a desire to use you. He has a, a, a desire to... to uh, 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 for, if, you're, if you are saved, if you're not saved, he has a desire to save you. If you are saved, he has a desire to form Christ in you and have you reflect the Lord Jesus and all that you say and do. Our life is a precious life. And there are many things out there that'll, that will destroy. One of the things that we just looked at in Proverbs 6 is immorality. Immorality will, will, will ruin a precious life. It'll stalk you like an animal. And, uh, you know, uh, again, because we have a tendency to get wrapped up in the now, we look at what brings us pleasure now instead of what will bring us pleasure in eternity. I, I remember, in fact, as I was listening to that message, it, the Lord reminded me of something before I, before I uh, went to Bible college, I went for one year to Monroe Community College uh, in Rochester. And uh, one of the courses I had was English composition. Now, English composition was not English composition at all. It was for one whole semester. And most of what we talked about in English composition was a term called existentialism. And uh, existentialism was becoming very popular in the late 60s, the early 70s. And you don't hear a lot talked about existentialism today, but we're living it today. And what existentialism is, is basically, if it feels good, do it. If it satisfies you now, participate in it. If it's something that's happening now, be more concerned about now than you'll be concerned about later. And that's the, really the mentality that we, have, that we have developed. Here's the problem. You only have one life. And you, you, can, you can do just a handful of things that will absolutely ruin your life in one false swoop. You make some wrong decisions. You make some wrong turns. You know that picture that Dr. Ruckman drew he drew a picture of a man who had a full life. He had a, a life that was just full of all kinds of things. But it was wasted because when he died, he died and went to hell for all eternity. Now, you may be here this morning and say, well, that's not me. I'm saved. Yeah, okay, that's good. But what is your life wrapped up in? Your life is precious. And it ought to be invested first and foremost in things that are eternal. Um, you know, we've got, we've got young people here this morning. We've got older folks here this morning. I don't care what, what age you are. 
I don't care what stage of life you're in, whatever you have left of your life, and you don't know how much you've got left. You really don't have a clue. Uh, those that are under the age of 30 think, well, i got a long time. You might have less time than I've got. You don't know. I mean, really, honest, I'm not saying that to threaten you. I'm just saying that's just the way it is. The Bible says our life is as a vapor. It appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. We need to value the life that God has given to us and use it for Jesus Christ. We need to value the life that God has given us and, and, uh, and spend it on things that matter. Spend it on things that are eternal and that will make a difference for all eternity. The second thing that I want us to look at that the Bible says is precious is not just your life, but the Lord Jesus Christ. Go to 1 Peter chapter 2. I'm not going to give you anything, anything new this morning. I'm not going to even give you anything profound, but what I'm giving to you this morning are things that we need to really kind of hit the reset button in our lives and realize what really matters and what really doesn't. And let's not make a big stink about the stuff that doesn't, and let's put the emphasis on the things that really do matter. And those are the things that are precious. Your life is precious, and your God is precious. First Peter chapter 2, and look down with me in verses 4 through 7. It says, To whom coming is unto a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. Ye also, as lively stones, are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Wherefore also it is contained in the Scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. Unto you therefore which believe, he is precious. But unto them which be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner. Jesus Christ, to, uh, to, to people that have trusted him as Savior, ought to be the most precious person you know. That he ought to be dearer to your heart than anyone else. And understand, he makes a difference. He says, listen, those that have not believed on him, he will not be precious to them. Don't, don't expect the world to have the same attitude about your Savior that you have. You know, we, we, get, we get all upset because people don't say Merry Christmas anymore. Uh, oftentimes they'll say, I, and I get a big kick out of this, they say, don't say Merry Christmas, say Happy Holidays. What's holiday? Holy day. Okay, <laughs> you know, yeah, you're, you're stuck no matter what. But, here, but here's, here's my point. We get, we get all upset about that and say, oh my goodness, that's, listen, they're not saved, they don't know any better. Let's just let's not worry about that. Let's make sure that he stays precious to us. That's where it's important, is that he's precious to us. Why is he precious? Well, because of what he did. Look, look down in verses, uh, look down in verses nine and ten. This is what he did for you. It says, "But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should shew forth." the praises of him who hath 
called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. These are the things that God has done for us if you have trusted Christ as Savior. First of all, he's, he's made you a royal priesthood. What that means is you have instant access to the throne of God at any time. Whoa! And that's why the Bible says in the book of Hebrews, come, let us come boldly under the throne of grace. Now, that, doesn't, that doesn't mean you come with an attitude. That just means that you can come without hesitation. That just means that you can come without apology. Why? Because you have been made a priest by Jesus Christ, and therefore you have access to him at any time. The second thing he said, he says he made us a, a holy nation, a peculiar people. He, he, ma he made us different. And don't be surprised if you stick out in this world. You're going to stick out because you are different. You're not like others. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2 that, ye, uh, that we were dead in trespasses and sins and we were made alive in Jesus Christ. Is there much of a difference between a dead person and a live person? <laughs> well, I hope so. There's been a few live people that I've been kind of wondering about. But, uh, but overall, yes, there is a huge difference between, and, and you don't have to be around them very long to see the difference. If you are saved, you are different. You are a chosen generation. You're a holy nation. You're, you're a peculiar people. And the, the world will not be comfortable around you because you are different. Don't, you know, don't try to blend in with that, with that crowd. Help them to see there is a difference, and that difference is made by the one who's precious to you, the Lord Jesus Christ. Then it says that, that he called us from darkness to light. I mean, he ought to be precious to you because you used to be in darkness. You used to be spiritually dead. And if you trusted Jesus Christ as Savior, the moment you get saved, you are no longer dead. You are alive in Christ. And, you know, you look at people today that aren't saved, and there's just there's a, there's a saying now that, that has become popular. And, and it's just simply this that common sense isn't common anymore. And it's really true. But can I tell you why that is? Because that's what darkness does for you. Darkness ruins your common sense. It ruins your thought process. And uh, uh, God has called you out of that darkness and put you into his marvelous light. And because of that, he's precious to us. Uh, the Bible says that, that he also he gave us mercy. Listen, understand this. None of us, there's not a person in here that deserved one single lick of mercy. Not a lick. Not a bit. But God gave it to us because he loved us because when we believed on him, he was merciful to us. He cleansed us from all of our sins and gave us eternal life. And, 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 and that... And really, if, if that's all you focus on, that ought to make Jesus Christ precious to you. And, and um, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting. The, um, 
it says that we were made a uh, we are made a, a peculiar people. Uh, if if Christ is precious to you, uh, you'll be different because God has made you different. In Christ, you are peculiar. I looked that that word peculiar up today. Peculiar means you're a weirdo, <laughs> you know. Uh, peculiar means you're strange, you know. You're you're out to lunch type of thing. Uh, but that isn't what it, what it meant when your King James Bible was printed. Peculiar, this is one of the definitions. I love this. It says, peculiar means belonging to a person and to him only. Ooh. You know what? That'll preach. <laughs> and you know what? That'll live. That'll live. Belonging to one person and him only. Being peculiar means he owns us. Being peculiar means that he bought us with a price. And the price that he bought us with is the precious blood of Jesus Christ. What what should him being precious do for us? Look down at verse 11 of 1 Peter chapter 2. It says, Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims abstain from fleshly lusts, which war against the soul, and having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. It says that it should cause us to abstain from fleshly lusts, abstain from those now desires that, go, that take you down the wrong road. Be honest. It should cause us to be honest before God. And it should cause us to do good works. Why are all those things things that we need to concentrate on? We'll concentrate on them if he's precious to us. And if he starts to lose his preciousness, then those things begin to fall off in our lives as well. The third thing, in 1 Peter chapter 1, if you just back up a little bit, 1 Peter chapter 1, Look down at verses 18 and 19. Another thing that needs to be precious to us. Verse 18 says, For as much as ye know that you are not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Says that one thing that ought to be very, very precious to us is the blood of Jesus Christ. Why? Well, because the blood of Jesus Christ is what cleansed you from all sin when you got saved. It's the blood of Jesus Christ that that uh, uh, caused you to be clean before God. It redeemed us. It was the purchase price for my soul. The blood of Christ was the most unusual blood that has ever been on the face of this earth. And the reason why is Jesus Christ was, was God, and because he was God, he was absolutely sinless. And you go to Acts chapter 20, and when Paul's talking to the Ephesian elders, he talks about the fact that Christ, that God purchased, the, uh, he, he purchased uh, uh, us with his own blood. With his own blood. That blood that was shed on Calvary's cross was God's blood. It was God's blood. It was the most unusual blood that's ever been on, on the face of this earth. And it ought to be precious 
to us. In uh, Colossians chapter 1 and verse 20, it tells us that He made peace by the blood of His cross. The reason why you have peace in your heart and your soul uh, and you, you have the, the uh, a peace of God which passeth all understanding, you have peace with God this morning, is because of the blood of Christ. Without that blood, you'd have no peace with God. Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 14 says that, we, we, uh, that the blood purged our conscience from dead works so that we can serve the living God. First uh, John chapter 1 and verse 9 says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Well, the reason why we can be cleansed is because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, if it's precious to you, this is, this, is what it's going to, this is what it's going to cause in your life. Look down with me, if you would. We just read verses 18 and, and 19. Look down at verse 22 of 1 Peter chapter 1. Verse 22 says, Seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren, see that ye love one another with a pure heart fervently. If Christ is precious to you, then all those that have been bought by His blood ought to be precious to you. And we ought to love one another. I can't tell you the number of times lately in reading my Bible that those words pop out at me. And it's all the way through, particularly in the New Testament, but it's, it's all the way through the Word of God, but particularly in the New Testament, it puts the emphasis on you and I loving one another. Why? Well, you ought to be precious to me and I ought to be precious to you because it's the same precious blood that cleansed both of us of all of our sins. And that, that, that ought, to, ought to cause our hearts to be endeared one to another. Uh, if Christ loved others enough to die, they're worthy of my love too. If they were precious to Him, they ought to be precious to me. 1 John chapter 5 and verse, verse, uh, verse 1 says, Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone that loveth Him that begat loveth Him also that is begotten of Him. How did He, how did he, how did he purchase us? How did He get us? He did that by His blood. And if the blood is precious to you, then you're going to love other folks that have also been purchased by that blood. Another thing that ought to be precious to us, go to Psalm 126. And as I said, we could go through a myriad of things this morning. I've just picked five uh, things that ought to be precious. These things, these things really are at the top of the list. Psalm 126 and verses, verses 5 and 6. Psalm 126, 5 and 6. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Talks about bearing precious seed. The precious seed he's talking about is the Word of God. You find that analogy all the way through the Bible. If it's truly precious to you, 
You'll not, only, you'll not only get in it, you'll not only read it, you'll not only study it, you'll not only hold it dear to your heart, but you'll also give it out. And uh, you, won't just, you won't just pack it, you'll use it. And you'll, you'll make a habit of telling other people about the Lord. Uh, the Bible says that, that wisdom ought to be precious to us. And wisdom comes from the Word of God. Uh, if, if you have any wisdom at all, you get it from God, and God will give it to you through His Word. Take your Bibles and turn with me to 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter. Second Peter chapter 1. And look in verses... Um, Look in verses 3 and 4. Well, go to verse 2. It says, Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of, our Lord Je- and of, of Jesus our Lord, according as His divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Now, he's talking to saved people. Through the, the knowledge of Him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption which is in the world through lust. The Bible says that the promises of God ought to be precious to us. And it says they're exceeding and they're great. It means that, that not only are the, are the promises wonderful promises, but there's a ton of them. There's a ton of them. We ought to, to be looking all the time for promises that God has for us that we can appropriate in our own personal life. And those things should be precious to us. Now, now one more thing that will be precious. And then I'm done with the message this morning. One more thing. And this thing is what will make the Word of God precious to you. I've, I've seen it in my own life. I've watched it over and over again. I've gone through trials. I've gone through difficulties. I've gone through temptations. And God has ministered to me through promises, through sometimes warnings, through principles that I found in the Word of God. And that makes the Word of God precious. But the last thing I want to look at is, is the trial of your faith. You're in First, first Peter, back up to, to chapter 1. And I end with this because this isn't we don't usually we don't usually think of the death of a loved one as something precious. We don't think of the loss of a limb as something precious. We don't think of years of conflict and difficulty in a family as precious. And yet God says that these things are precious things. Look with me in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 6 and 7. Now, understand when Peter wrote this, when, when he actually penned these words and sent this letter, the people that he sent it to were, were undergoing persecution. They were going through difficulty. In fact, 1 Peter deals an awful lot with suffering and suffering for Jesus Christ, suffering for the right reasons. Verses 6 and 7 says, "...wherein ye greatly rejoice." 
though now for a season, if need be, you're in heaviness through manifold temptations. He's saying, listen, these temptations are many and they're heavy. I mean, they're tough. They're difficult. Look down in verse verse 7. That the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Trials are tough. Difficulties in life can, can, and times of heaviness can be very, very hard. But the Bible says they're not curses. The Bible says they're blessings because they're more precious than that of gold. Uh, trials purify. Trials purify faith. Trials make faith real to you. You know, years ago, we had, we had some, some uh, difficulty in another church that we were in, and uh, I, didn't, I didn't really understand all the whys and wherefores at the time. I still don't understand all of them, but I, I've got more figured out. I see more, more things through it than I ever have. But one, of my, one of my sons came to me one, one day, and, and, and we were talking about a particular situation in his life, And he just simply said this. He says, you know, Dad, I figured if God could take care of you in that situation over there when you went through that, then God can take care of me in my situation over here. You know what? After he said that, I thought, bless God, man, it was worth it. Does that make that trial precious? Oh, man, does it ever. Because it got passed on to one of my kids, they saw how strong God was on our behalf and said, listen, if God can do it for him, and they know me better than anybody else, God shouldn't, have, shouldn't do it for me many times, but if God can do it for him, man, what can God do for me? Well, you know what? When you see those kind of positive results, and you see God's hand in those trials and in those, those temptations, then they become precious. When you look back, did you ever notice that when you're right in the middle of the situation, the first, thing, the first word that enters your mind is not usually the word precious. <laughs> there may be a whole bunch of other ones, some that maybe even Christians should not repeat. But... Nonetheless, there are words that that come into your mind. Precious usually isn't one of them. But as time goes on, as time goes on, and Peter was was letting them know now, while they're right in the middle of it, that I know you don't see it yet, but this is precious. This is precious. This is something that's that's going to bring forth much fruit. And if it, it... as you go through it and you get past it and you look back, man, you can see how God used that in so many ways. So many ways. Many of you are shaking your head right now and smiling at me. You know exactly what I'm talking about. So when we're going through it, instead of griping, when we're going through it, instead of complaining, when we're going through it, instead of thinking of it as a curse, just remember, God says those trials, those tribulations, those difficulties are things that are 
precious because they're going, they're going to purify our faith. So if it's precious, then even in the middle, and, and really this is part of the theme of the book of 1 Peter, if you're right in the middle of suffering, you're right in the middle of difficulty, you've still got something to rejoice about because the trial of your faith is precious. We've looked at five things that are precious. You've got a precious life. Your life is precious. Don't waste it. Don't waste it on the now. Invest it in the eternal. Uh, Jesus is precious. So stay clean for him and let him use your life so that he might be glorified. The blood of Jesus Christ is precious. Therefore, love others that have been purchased by that blood and care for, for God's people. The Word of God is precious, so learn it. Dig into it. We've got a brand new year where we can, we can, we can uh, uh, make new goals for getting into the Bible. Get into it. Learn it. Memorize it. Meditate on it. Uh, live the Word of God because it's precious. And then last of all, your trials. Again, when you're right in the middle of them, precious isn't the word that you think of. But God says that they're precious because they'll bring forth much fruit. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, we're thankful for the reminders that you give to us about what really matters and what really counts and what's really important in life. And Lord, these things that we looked at this morning, and we could, we could look at many others that are spoken of in the Word of God, things that, are, that ought to be precious to us. But these, these really are at the top of the list. And uh, Father, many times they end up being on the bottom of our list. And maybe during the Christmas season and all the rushing around and, and uh, getting involved in programs and parties and get-togethers and buying gifts and everything, Lord, we have uh, lost sight of that which uh, ought to be precious to us. And Father, we pray that you might help us to just set that reset button this morning. Maybe there's somebody that's going through a difficulty. And it's a difficulty that uh, hardly anybody knows about. But uh, they know about it. And it's ripping them up. And uh, Lord, you know about it. You're allowing them to go through it. May they just trust you enough to know that it's going to bring good, not evil, if they respond properly. Lord, help us to, to appreciate the blood of Christ and Lord Jesus and, and the precious life that you've given to us. God, may those things that are precious to you become precious to us. We pray, Lord, that you'd work in this invitation, work in our hearts. If our desires are not in the right place, we pray, Lord, that you would show us and help us to straighten those things out so that our life can bring you the honor and glory that it so richly deserves, that you so richly deserve. Bless this invitation. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's all stand together.